Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, you're listening to Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio with your host, Darren Batman McDuck. And now, prepare to get fat. What's cracking, peeps? And welcome back to another episode of Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio. I'm your host, Darren Fatman McDuffie. And as always, this episode is being brought to you by I'mTheFatMan.com. Tonight, we're going to have a really good show. I, I think this is going to be what I would call a classic. We have Dr. Scott Whitaker on. Where he'll be talking about his book, Medicine. We're learning a lot about the undercurrents of the medical establishment and, and what's actually going on. And I started finding out about this uh, right after I got out of the pharma industry and my mom passed away from breast cancer in 2005. That's when I began uncovering a lot of things and finding out different types of connections. And we'll talk about that uh, in just a few here. But before I bring uh, Dr. Whitaker on, just wanted to get some announcements out of the way. Um, if you are out there and you're listening, please connect with me on all social media outlets. I am on Facebook at facebook.com uh, slash perfectly healthy and tone radio. Also located on Twitter under the fat underscore man. Don't forget the underscore. Or you won't be able to find me. I couldn't get the fat man. Someone else had that. And then Pinterest is I'm the fat man one, just like my blog. I'm the fat man, but the number one for those out there who are using uh, Pinterest and um, YouTube, also my YouTube channel, I'm shooting a lot more videos, a lot more of my stuff is going into helping people be happy because I believe that there's a mind-body connection out there and a lot of people aren't happy. And that's the reason why we are having a ton of illness, a lot of media stuff going on and people need to really pay attention and kind of guard their minds and what actually goes into their minds and the thoughts that they're thinking. So I've been shooting a lot of videos with myself out in nature, just discussing that aspect, because that's something that I came into maybe about two years ago and something I'm really, really adamant about when it comes to the the mind-body uh, connection. If you are listening to this show tonight or listening to it on iTunes in the future, I will remind you to go back to a previous show that I just did Monday with Dr. Judine Benoit. Um, for me, I've had the gamut of everything health and read a lot of books. And for some reason, I never came across the idea that you can heal your cavities naturally. And I was really impressed with Dr. Judine Benoit because she doesn't do any drill and fill tactics. She's actually a dentist in Canada who uh, works with patients without any amalgams, any fillings. She actually helps the patients to uh, remineralize their teeth so they don't have to uh, fill their cavity. So it, it's, I mean, very enlightening show for me. And also the aspect of when you're going, you're going into the dentist and you actually have fillings or you actually have cavities rather, and the doctor tells you that you have a cavity. Normally what I would do is just set an, another appointment and Go back in there and have them drill on my teeth and then get it filled. But under my understanding from her was that you have two types of cavities. You'll go back and listen to that show. You have what you call active cavities and arrested cavities, something you really need to know about. Because, again, once you are diagnosed with a cavity, 
you can actually take your time and work on remineralizing the tooth and actually never have to get it filled. And I know um, my mom was a single mom, and I know I caused her a lot of havoc when going to the dentist when I was a kid because I always had something to fill because of my love for candy and everything else sweet out there. So, again, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that show. So let's get to tonight's show, Medicine with Dr. Scott Whitaker. I'm going to read his bio, and then we'll get him on. Dr. Scott Whitaker is a board-certified naturopathic doctor with over 20 years of experience in herbology, iridology, homeopathy, natural healing, and detoxification. A Southern California native, Scott grew up in the infamous South Central area of Los Angeles. With strong parental guidance as his anchor, he escaped the call of the streets and received his undergraduate degree from the University of California, Berkeley, in civil engineering. During his time at Berkeley, he became interested in holistic medicine and drew a connection between holistic living and long-term health. Of particular interest to him was the effectiveness or lack thereof of prescription drugs on common health problems plaguing the African-American community. Especially alarming was the number of friends and family members he watched suffer and eventually die from the effects of these prescription medications. Dr. Scott Whitaker, welcome to Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio. You there, Dr. Whitaker? I'm here. Oh, welcome to Perfect Healthy and Tone Radio. How are you tonight? I'm outstanding. Thank you for having me. It's an honor and a pleasure. Yeah, thank you for being on. Like I told you before we came on, I ran across your book or came across the book about two years ago, and just so happens through a mutual friend, I was able to connect with you and get you on because I was never able to find any contact information, but I'm so glad to have you on. And my first question is is actually probably one of my, um, what I would call my obligatory questions. And reading your bio, I just wanted to know how does someone go from civil engineering into holistic health? And most of the time for me, I know that my journey into this was because my mom passed away from breast cancer back in 2005, but I'm very interested in hearing how you came about getting into uh, holistic health. Yes, uh, and my condolences to you for your mother. Thank Uh, you. That's, that's devastating, and um, um, not knowing the you know the protocol that she went through, but mm-hmm. if I make an assumption and say she used the traditional methods of chemo and radiation, mm-hmm. then you know we know who to put the blame on, and uh, cancer is usually the scapegoat, but actually chemo and radiation is what kills people. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, my dad. Uh, since I was I don't know four or five years old, used to always send me to school with. I mean, he used to load me up with vitamins, herbs, minerals every morning, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I'm I'm just following what Pop said to do, not knowing the outcome, and so. I went to school. I remember from K through 12, uh, I got the perfect attendance for I never was sick. I never missed a day of school. And that carried out all the way through college. And I've always been a science-interested type of guy. So in about sixth grade, I said I wanted to be an engineer. And 
Yeah, so I pursued that all the way through my schooling. But during my sophomore year in college, I got introduced to a uh, a Seminole Indian, mm-hmm. and he told me he just told me one thing. He said, "Never take the Gringos' medicine." He said, "Take echinacea and golden seal, which is two herbs." Mm-hmm. And I said, "What is echinacea and golden seal?" So I went to the library, and I got this health book called uh, Back to Eden. And I started reading that. And, and, and the light bulb went on. And uh, next, my next introduction to health was Dick Gregory. He came to speak at my uh, university. Wow. And... All he kept talking about was drinking water, something very basic. And, you know, at that time, I'm still an athlete. I'm still, I used to play a lot of ball. Mm -hmm. And even as an athlete, I had never drunk that much water. I didn't even consider it. And after that, I got his book, uh, Cooking with Mother Nature. And, uh, Man, I said, wow, I'm about to pursue, you know, an avenue of health. Then I started thinking about all the people around me, friends, mm-hmm. you know, the the, the in-laws, the, the cousins, the whatever, all getting sick, having all these pills on top of their tables next to their bed, and never getting well. And I said, wow, you know, the correlation, connection here. And so I continued my engineering studies. But at the same time, at night, I'm uh, studying herbal medicine. And then I located a school in California Mm -hmm. taught by a, a natural doctor at that time. He was 95 years old, still teaching. And uh, he allowed me into his, his uh, school, and uh, that, that was another four years. And I, you know, I did the curriculum, passed mm-hmm. it, certified, went to all kind of courses all over the country, just learning conferences, going here, going there, talking to individuals who are already into it. And so I kind of like had it both uh, you know, call them careers or or professions parallel, mm-hmm. and so that's how I've stayed engineer or engineer, and then branched off into natural medicine, and that that's where we are today. Yeah, you mentioned you were um, an athlete. Did you play college ball, or you were? I played my first year uh-huh. uh, basketball. basketball. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, engineering, you know, a little bit more demand on you mm-hmm. and uh, can't be off on road trips for weeks and come back and you got, you know, high level calculus looking at you and, uh, and, 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 you know, all the other stuff that goes along with it. So it was a little tough. So I, I said, I need to go on. I had no desire to be a pro, so I said, well, I'll just play intramurals and, and, and go back to school, you know. 
So. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I relate with you because I played ball in college as well, and I played all four years. But I remember sometimes coming back off the road and having those 8 o'clock classes, man, it was tough. And uh, one of the things yeah. I, I, I always remember, too, was I always looked at, you mentioned Dick Gregory talking about um, drinking water, and I always looked at water, needing water during the game as a sign of weakness. And if I could go back now and realize how many times the trainer – our student trainer would come down, uh, you know, come down the sideline and offer us water. I'd be like, no, I don't need no water. But now I realize that I was really kind of maybe killing my athletic performance by not even drinking, you know, drinking enough water and keeping my body hydrated. But, you know, you live. Right. Uh, yeah, you live, you learn. Um, exactly. One of the things I one of the things I wanted to ask you is, and, and this is something that I've, I've come into, and I think that you and I are judging just – Looking at your background and researching for the show, uh, we have like similar, our thought pattern is, is pretty similar. But um, one of the things that I came into when I was in the pharma industry and I started calling on doctors was it kind of parlayed into my own personal experience. I would go into the doctor and whatever the doctor recommended for me to do, I would do. But I'm wondering. After I got out of the industry and learned what I learned about the industry and speaking to doctors, I began to question a lot of the things that doctors were doing after, you know, after my experience. Like if they asked me to get on a certain prescription or whatever, I remember a doctor had me um, wanting to go on a cholesterol lowering drug and I refused to do it. But how important is it for people like me, people like you, people who are listening to this show to start questioning their doctor's judgment. Oh yeah, you got a question. Like you, like he, he or she is a stranger uh, uh, coming up to you on the street, asking you for money. Uh, you know they they have their limitations. They're they're human beings. I know some people want to put on as gods, uh, and they don't know everything. Um. And and probably the bottom line is that they know nothing about nutrition. So I have a lot of my clients who go in and uh, maybe after speaking with me or or hearing me or whatever they're doing or just trying to go natural in their uh, pursuit of uh, 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 wiping out their condition. And they go into the, the, to the white coat and they say, Oh, you know, I want to take some vitamin C, and I want to do this, and I want to take this herb, and and that doctor will look at them and say, "What what are you doing, trying to do that? I don't, I don't believe in none of that stuff." And then they get discouraged, and, and, and my doctor said I can't do this, and I can't do that, and uh, and then they end up just uh, going back to to the old way and and taking drugs. So mm-hmm. you definitely going to question every single thing that comes out of their mouth and really the only time you want to see a doctor is for emergency situations outside of that in my opinion they have no use Hmm. Um, getting back to you just said emergency situations and I was going to ask you about things like surgery and more so surgery but Really, um, is there a place for our medical establishment? What, what is it actually good for? And then when should you kind of stay away from that? 
if at all possible. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Prophet Solomon uh, said there's a time and place for everything. And um, I say it in my lectures that mm-hmm. if for emergency crisis medicine, i.e. gunshot wounds, car accidents, lacerations, amputations, poisoning, burnings, things that require immediate care, you losing blood, you got something stuck in you, you've hit, uh, swallowed some type of chemical. This is when uh, allopathic medicine is at their best, crisis mm-hmm. medicine. Okay, this is when we use them. Okay, so, you know, if someone gets a gunshot wound, they're not going to, you know, I'm not, they're not trying to run home and, and put some herbs on top of the wound or something like this. I mean, being uh, silly, <laughs> you know, you go get the care and mm-hmm. uh, after they remove the, the, the bullet and seal the wound, then we go back to the herbs. Okay, so we use them for crisis and uh and when you when you have that type of mentality uh you know your office visits are are, are basically no i mean we can't be running to these offices for runny noses uh uh, uh high blood pressures and and, and and eczemas and psoriasis and all these types of ailments that basically we've caused on ourselves through through our diet mm-hmm. so you cause the condition from your diet, and you go into somebody that knows nothing about the diet, so it makes no sense. Yeah, how important is our diet for? Because um, it's a lot that's coming up. Um, I had uh, Dr. Terry Walls on the show, and she was she's a doctor herself and was uh, diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, and basically she turned her multiple sclerosis around with her diet, just so you know, a paleo diet, but how important is our diet? You've been working with clients for probably a number of years, and I'm I'm sure you can relay your experience on how important the diet is. Oh, yeah, diet is number one. Uh, I mean, so many factors uh, relate to what we put in our mouth, what we put on our our bodies, you know, I consider what we put in the mouth and on the body as part of diet. Because mm-hmm. whatever you put on your skin, your liver's got to deal with it. So my my key is, you know, external things that we're putting on our bodies, uh, i.e. lotions and, and, and creams and whatever it is. <clears throat> you got the, the product and you can't even pronounce any of the words in the product, then you shouldn't be putting it on your skin. Everything you put on your skin, you should be able to eat. Okay? Exactly. So if you use that as your criteria, you know that the things you got to put on your skin have to be things that are so-called natural. So, you know, for me, I use, uh, I use like, a shea butters and I use uh, olive oil. Well, those two mm-hmm. things I can eat. So mm-hmm. that's, how, you know, a criteria. So diet is so critical. And we look at today uh, with all this franken foods and, 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 and things that sit on shelves for millions of years that never spoil. And uh, 
you know, sometimes I, I when I go to the grocery store, uh, you know, your your just your generic conventional store, mm-hmm. and you know, there's an aisle always that says natural foods, and I always go, wow, that's deep. There's an aisle that says natural foods. I go, what else is around me then? You know, so <laughs> yeah. I I sit there. Sometimes just observing what goes in people's baskets when I get to the line, I look at everybody's basket. It's just full of packaged foods and and, and, and high fructose corn syrups, uh, um, genetic this and genetic that. And I'm going, wow, you know, people think this is actually food. So one of the things I say in my lectures is, uh, every food that you eat should spoil you should be eating foods that spoil okay like i you know i buy you know just about everything i buy is organic or or or, or, or you know grown in my garden and you know i got maybe two to three days to consume that and it's you know it's gone i bought some fresh cucumbers the other day i mean beautiful right out of the ground and, and I tell you, within two days, they were they were already wilting and, and going bad on me. I said, man, you know, and I make, I make my good salads out of them. So you know, you want to eat foods that spoil, and, and right. that when you have when you have that concept when you're eating, you, you'll 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 know what foods to pick and put in your mouth. Yeah, I agree with you. When I first started eating organic years and years ago, that was one of the things that I noticed. I was like, well, I couldn't go in my produce shelf in the refrigerator and expect to see a cucumber still sitting there after a week. When I did go in there and and saw the organic cucumber, it didn't look like the organic cucumber that I I bought out of the store because it was, (laughs) you know, already spoiling. So that was one of the immediate things that I noticed when I switched to organic food. Like, it will spoil quickly you have to you have to use it you can't let it sit in the uh in the refrigerator for any amount of uh, time uh one of the things that in your book that i came across was and i came across this a number of years ago but i wanted you to kind of maybe talk to the audience about this is that i had always heard that doctors you there yeah oh okay it's just something happened but um, I'd always heard that doctors died before their patients. Um, and in your book, it kind of solidified that again for me, that most doctors, I believe it said that uh, most doctors die at 58 while their patients have a lifespan of 68 years. Talk a little bit about that and why why that might be happening. Yes, yes. Uh the medical the medical profession on whole the average MD uh, now I think the number has actually went down one more it's 56 years that they uh, they live and a lot of that has to do of course you know if people really look at their some of their doctors you know some of them look very bad you know in terms of their appearance. And you look at him and her, and you're going, wow, you know, I'm asking you about health. I'm looking at you, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, you got the stress factor. Working, they work in those uh, 12-hour shifts, not sleeping, and, 
and, and they got the diet on top of it being bad. You got McDonald's and Burger Kings inside hospitals now. And uh, uh, and then you got the other factor called, um, you want to say, the word karma. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of students, I speak, you know, I speak at colleges and universities, and, you know, after I'm done, a lot of them say, wow, I'm, you know, I'm not going to go to med school now. And I say, no, no, no. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I say, uh, you know, really, I tell them to pursue emergency medicine. You know, see, you want to get, you really want to help people, then do emergency medicine. So, but on top of that, you have the uh, other side of the profession where you have, you know, the students saying, you know, they 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 they're pursuing this this profession because of the dollars. You know, I know it makes a lot of money, so that's why I'm pursuing it. You know, the real reason is because you want to help humanity, but uh, that gets lost in the shuffle when you're going through the uh, the studies and you see the outcome. And the pharmaceutical reps start coming to you and offering you uh, lavish trips and and and, and uh, uh, you, you, you on selling on yachts and eating other finer things. And you say the heck with all that, I'm trying to you know help. I just want to. Know, get the money and keep going. So this karma kicks in. You realize, <clears throat> you may not realize, but some, some subconsciously, I'm giving these drugs to my clients, or should I say patients, mm-hmm. and then they're, they're not getting well. But oh well, you know, this is what I'm going to do, and, and and somehow, I think the being untrue and and and, and Pursuing the economic part and not the healing part of the person, I think it breaks down the immune system, and and uh, it, it, it's, it's that that karma factor. You you did to me when you know it's wrong and you still do it, then it's going to come back to you, and so the way it comes back to you is by destroying your health, and, and that's why a lot of them check out early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember just calling when I used to call on doctors exactly a lot of what you said. I couldn't believe that some of them, especially in the ER, because I used to call on the ER a lot, and some of those guys were being there from, they would tell me they were in there from the night before, well, the night mm. before the night before. So so they were actually wow. there, and I'm like, how how are you not sleeping and they were like, you know, they were used to it, but I'm like, you can't go that long without the amount of sleep, but, you know, they, they were doing it. Um, you mentioned your book about Codex, and I'd heard about Codex uh, a number of years ago, and I don't think a lot of people know about it. So I kind of wanted to ask you to talk about that a little bit. And um, maybe, I don't know if you're updated on it, but from what I understand is that they were planning to at some point in time uh trying to outlaw people like you and I being able to go into a health food store and just getting regular herbs getting regular vitamins and minerals for ourselves um so just talk about that a little bit and if you are updated on it that that'd be great as well oh yeah yeah codex elementaris uh was put in place by the international bodies. You have the FDA and the 
and, and the other regulatory agencies throughout the other nations and uh, basically uh, trying to cut us off from our access to, to natural supplements and calling uh, foods, uh, natural foods, chemicals. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's, it's in effect. It's, it's hitting in some areas uh, at a subtle way. You may not see it right in your face, but uh, just the fact that I travel and I try to ship things uh, to me, mm-hmm. and some stuff some stuff doesn't make it to me because of the the customs blocking it. You know, asking me why am I why am I um, uh, uh, shipping and, de- and having delivered to my home uh, vitamin C? Why don't why don't I have a prescription for this? Things like that. I've already had that encounter. Uh, wow. Uh, there was a little brother down there. I think where you are in Florida, mm-hmm. who tried to, they said it was trying to masquerade as an MD or a doctor. And uh, <laughs> I guess he yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. The little brother. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, see, they, they, they didn't really tell them a story, but he, he was actually, uh, you know, doing natural medicine. Wow. And uh, in Florida, to call yourself an MD is a felony. So, uh, his problem was maybe he was a little ambitious, but he when he used the word cure, that's what got him in trouble. So you got to be very mm-hmm. careful in a natural profession on words, how you say the wording, because uh, we don't want to use the same terminology as they do. That That's why I don't call, you know, people that I work with patients. I don't use that word. That's their word. I use clients. So right. uh, you got to be real careful. So, this this this, this uh, codex uh, is there to uh, uh, the ultimate is to make sure or to block our access to natural medicine. Uh, you know they want to make it where you have to go to your white coat to get mm-hmm. a prescription for vitamin A. So uh, you know I always said when that final hammer came down. And, and that was totally implemented in the U.S. There was no reason to uh, live in the U.S. anymore. Yeah, so you're not actually in the country. You decided to to uh, yeah, but travel. To, uh, right now, I'm just I was working on the uh, formula for malaria uh, mm-hmm. using uh, natural medicine, and I'm working with a natural pharmacy, and they they brought me over. And when I got here, I uh, I liked the environment, and then I started teaching, and uh, I said, "Wow, I'm not really trying to get back to the states right now." <laughs> I <wanna> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's been it's been a blessing. Yeah, yeah, it seems like it is. I had um, Dr. Jennifer Daniels on here, and. Uh, she uh, was talking about turpentine and the, the uses of turpentine. And uh, I didn't know. I thought she was here in the States, and it turns out that she's in Panama. So she lives in Panama. Right. And she, yeah, she likes right. that. Um, there's an underlying theme that I always seem to see, and part of that theme was in your book when we were talking about, uh, I believe it was uh, Wiley, uh, Harvey Wiley, uh, Royal Rife, 
uh, Max mm-hmm. Gerson. And and the, the underlying theme kind of goes like this, because I had found out about Royal Rife eight, nine years ago from a holistic physician that I know. She said, well, go online and look up Royal Rife. And I'm like, why is she telling me to go online and look up Royal Rife? But the theme goes like this for the audience out there. It's just like the people that seem to stand up for our right to have good food, our right to have adequate medical care, someone like a Royal Rife who had some advancements way back when, when it came to cancer, and then Max Gerson as well. A lot of people are familiar with the Gerson therapy. But it seems like these people are kind of um, ostracized. They're like put to the side. And I believe Royal Rife ended up from, if I remember correctly, he ended up in insane or something like that because they had really pushed him so far that he couldn't really take it anymore. But talk about that theme and why. And I'm sure you've come up against some of this for, for being in what you do and wanting to do it naturally. But there seems to be that pushback from the medical establishment against people who want to do things naturally versus the conventional way of, of doing things. Oh, yeah. There's an onslaught attack on uh, natural physicians. I mean, we've had in the last two years uh, approximately 15 natural healers so-called mysteriously died. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe about three or four of them was in the state of Florida. And uh, 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 as you mentioned, the pioneers from the day, uh, World Rifes, Gerson's, and uh, Harry Hoxie, all these guys went up against a, a med- medical establishment, and uh, either their 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 uh, careers, their 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 clinics were shut down, destroyed. As you mentioned, Roe Rice, uh, at the end of his life, under such mental stress, just had a complete breakdown. And, uh, I mean, I, I, can, I, can, I can see that, you know. You, mm-hmm. you, you hear, you, you want to help people. You, you're already doing things with, with people, seeing them turn, turn around. I mean, Max Gerson has documented his cancer uh, cure rate was off the charts. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so when you have this gift, uh, yeah, and you want to share this to humanity, and, and you got agencies telling you no, we don't want you. I mean, I have my own personal. I got so many uh, testimonials on things. I have my own personal ones that I went up against in 1993. <clears throat> I bought my first home in the state of Washington. And uh, it was an old Victorian home. Mm-hmm. And it had, it had you know, it had the natural wood. That's why I bought it. The inside was beautiful. But someone had actually painted over the wood in the bathroom. And so I'm, I'm crazy, young, don't know nothing, I guess. And uh, I went in there and started taking this paint off with a heat gun. Mm-hmm. No mask on, no ventilation, just crazy. Come to find out, the paint had lead in it. It was, you know, from an older home, got the lead paint back. Lead was outlawed back in the 70s. So I'm in there breathing, breathing lead vapors. All of a sudden, maybe a month, month into my project, I was growing a little beard at the time, 
and I started getting patches and holes in my beard, you know, hair missing. Mm-hmm. And I said, man, what's going on? You know, like alopecia. So I said, my goodness, what is, you know, what is this? And uh, went and got my blood uh, tested, and I had lead poisoning. Wow. So I called my friend in Cleveland, Ohio, Dr. Hakeem Lewis, naturopath. And uh, he said, man, you got to do a detox of your liver for one year. And uh, I did it. I did a certain formula. It's called Ultra Clear. You can buy it now online before you couldn't. And uh, I used that for one year. And after my year was up, my hair all came back. And the problem was gone. I ain't had a problem since. So I called the Alopecia Society, you know, like the uh, the Red Cross. I mean, the, what's it called? Heart Association and all these, you know, all these uh, fake groups that actually trying to think that they're trying to solve something. So I mm-hmm. called the Alopecia Society. They had a big conference coming up. And I said, hey, hey, I, I, I like to come and do my presentation to the audience on what I did maybe it can help somebody mm-hmm. they said you better not come nowhere near our conference talking about you cured your alopecia and I said what is this <laughs> and and after that I started looking at all those uh, foundations this old what's this fake thing they do every October this uh, pink ribbons mm-hmm. and uh Susan Kamen and all that madness. Ain't nobody trying to find no cure for nothing. And uh, last year they're doing ice buckets and all this stuff for ALS. Oh, it's all game. And so these same people uh, that promote these uh, agencies uh, Mm -hmm. are against all forms of natural medicine. And they make sure that the press is always negative towards natural you'll never see anything positive about natural medicine on the news on TV because now all advertisement is done by pharmaceuticals and they're not they're not they're not about to give up no dollars uh, dropping that stuff uh, to say something positive and so uh, you always come up against opposition from mm-hmm. the FDA the AMA and all the other regulatory agencies that want to make sure that the current medical paradigm is a monopoly and there's no competition. Yeah, I've heard it said more than one time that the um, they don't cure anything. They just they want more customers. The pharmaceutical industry wants more customers. Um, you and I both play basketball. You, I understand you're a big basketball fan from doing some research online. I'm obviously a big basketball fan. I played and still like to watch. I watched the Heat play last night, matter of fact. And um, in your book, as I was preparing for the show, I saw Alonzo Mourning, who used to play for the Heat. And um, I never really made this connection when Alonzo Mourning was going through that uh, he had that kidney issue, and then Sean Elliott had a kidney issue as well. But I remember back right. when I was in, in, in pharma that um, I was in competition with Celebrex and Biox. Those were my competitors. And uh, I had to mm. know quite a bit about those because I sold a pain analgesic drug. And um, 
we were always we knew about things before the actual public knew about them. So I knew that Vioxx and Celebrex were already having issues, and I would go into my doctor and say, "Look, these drugs are already having issues." And uh, reading your book, I was like, "Wow!" I never really dug deep enough to figure out that maybe Alonzo Mourning and Sean Elliott were taking these drugs and had some effect on their kidneys because both of them had this. They they termed it a rare genetic kidney. Um, ailment, but mm-hmm. it seems that the common denominator was they were both taking Vioxx because when you're, I mean, even when I was in college, I remember having my little aches and pains, and these guys are playing pro basketball, and the amount of game, I think they play 82 games, so I, I don't know, I just never made that connection, Dr. Whitaker, that these guys were taking those drugs, and this might have been the reason why they had these these kidney ailments. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, especially any of those uh, they call them anti-inflammatories. Mm-hmm. Uh, devastating. I mean, it, the FDA just now started putting the, the black warning sign on Tylenol and ibuprofen and all that stuff. Says it clearly on the box causes liver and kidney failure. So you, you notice that uh, all these. Um, uh, businesses now popping up all through the uh, black communities called the Negro machine, and that's the uh, kidney dialysis mm-hmm. uh, because ninety five percent of the people on them is us, mm-hmm. and uh, unfortunately, we popping those pills with just the slightest of any little ache, and not realizing that at the same time we're destroying our liver and kidney. So yes. You know, you don't even hear too much about uh, John Elliott anywhere in sports, mm-hmm. uh, coaching, commentating. I, I, I haven't heard his name in a long time. Uh, when, that, when it's like that, then I know something with his health is suffering. Uh, Alonzo, I don't even know. I haven't heard too much from him, so I don't know what how he's doing. But, uh, um, yeah, these, these drugs, uh, especially in sports, uh, you know, because they want you back on the field so fast. You know, you, you, mm-hmm. God knows what they're shooting them with. And, uh, uh, you know, the liver and kidneys are the, are the main organs being attacked. So, so yeah, you know, the, the Vioxx killed over 50,000 people before they pulled it from the show. And, yeah. And, 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 and Merck, you know, the, the, the name behind it, they're they the ones pushing the uh, HPV vaccine. So, you know, how are we going to trust a company that knew and, and, and knew that their drug killed, killed people, made them money, and then pulled it from the show? We're going to trust them to, to, to stick our daughters with a vaccine? We out of our minds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember all of that stuff. And then I remember, um, you know, how they, they pulled it off the market and the amount of money that they had to pay. Uh, out in you know lawsuits for the Celebrex and the uh, the Vioxx, and I believe they were trying to launch something else uh, outside of that, which was in that same family. But I don't know if if they ever came out with it. Um, are there any new diseases? Because it seems like there's something. Uh, what's the new thing that just came out? Uh, Zinka or I, I can't remember the thing. Zinka or. Zika. Zika. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, there's so many things that we didn't mm-hmm. have uh, AIDS years and years ago. 
but it seems like there's so many things now that that are new. But I mean, from knowing what I know and doing the research and studying, it doesn't seem like there are any new diseases. But we seem to get this cloak pulled over our head that there are new diseases. And I wanted to ask you, what is the basis for disease? And again, are there any new diseases out there? No, basically what they're doing is renaming old ones and, and giving it a fancy title so they can make a new drug. Uh, you know, examples like uh, you don't hear the word rheumatism anymore. You know, that, that's basically non-existent. Oh, because why? They changed the name now to fibromyalgia. So, you know, they 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 change the names of of, of uh, so-called diseases and give it a nice, fresh-sounding name. Give it some airplay, and the people, you know, freak out over it. You know, run to the doctor, get a drug for it, and, and the cycle continues. So, uh, you know, the same way that we got sick in the past. The same way we get sick now, uh, you may want to add maybe another factor to it, which is maybe i.e. the environment, because of the, the the spraying that they're doing. Of course, the chemtrails. You know, funny thing about that, uh, I was I was mentioning chemtrails maybe 15 years ago, and mm-hmm. and someone emailed me and said, "Wow, you know, with with uh, with, with, with uh, our brother Prince passing last week." Uh, you know, the first thing was they got him be- because he spoke about chemtrails. I said, well, I said, why? Well, I guess I'm next because I've been speaking about him for the last 15 years. <laughs> so, so, uh, um, we know that's not the case. You know, it has mm-hmm. to do with, uh, of course, the legal rights is catalog and that sort. People want to, you know, want to talk about that on the show, but just look at the history of artists who've been taken out mysteriously. And you'll see the majority of them had to do with the uh, rights and distribution to their work. Um, so uh, there are no new diseases. Of course, every winter they scare everybody about a flu that's coming, a brand new flu. You have the H1N1, which was maybe what, about eight, nine years ago. I tell everybody H1N1 stood for one Negro, one Hispanic. And, uh, and then they came out with uh, the birds, birds having flus, and all this kind of madness that they come out with. Now today they got the Zika, Z-I-K-A, which supposedly uh, causing babies to be born with little heads, and uh, they know good and well that that came from uh, vaccinations uh, given to the mother during pregnancy. So uh, they're trying to blame it on a mosquito. So I mean, this is the madness that they. they, they uh, I don't know. Maybe they do think the people are really that dumb, but uh, this is the type of uh, 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 scenarios that they want to give us. Like you know, with AIDS, they said that a, a green monkey bit somebody on the butt, and then you know that's where it came from, Africa, of course, and then uh, you know spread throughout the whole world. So uh, you know, uh, we, we we fight propaganda every day. Uh, and let people know that there are no new diseases. They just renamed diseases to make new products. That's basically yeah. it. Um, 
you talk about cholesterol and statins, and a lot of things are coming to light as far as cholesterol, and we're knowing that cholesterol is not the enemy that it was once claimed to be. But then you go on and you talk a little bit about homocysteine, which a lot of people don't know about. I actually was pretty uneducated on it until I had an, another guest on the show who uh, kind of talked to me a little bit about homocysteine, and I read his book. But um, talk about homocysteine and how that is actually a better indicator or an indicator of um, a heart attack or a heart condition versus your, your, versus your cholesterol level. Yes, um, cholesterol is is your friend. It's your buddy. Uh, you need to get as much as you can get. Um, uh, the higher your cholesterol, the longer you live. Uh, homocysteine, uh, which basically indicates there's high levels of inflammation in the body, and particularly in the uh, the bloodstream affecting the heart uh, is elevated by lack of B6, B12, and folic acid. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great indicator of, uh, of, of, of arterial breakdown in the body. Uh, you can be tested for it, and you want that number less than uh, they give you a range. I think it's between eight to fifteen, which is actually they call it normal. Normal for the medical profession means that you're uh, not good. So never go by their normals, okay? You want to be less than their normal. So you want your range to be less than six for your homocysteine rating, uh, and 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 that's one of the greatest uh, indicators uh, for heart disease is your homocysteine levels, because uh, it's, it's actually uh, breaking down or actually telling you that there's a lot of inflammation in the body which inflammation is a, one of the main uh, indicators that we got some serious issues. And, and since, uh, you know, heart disease, they call it, you know, they want to say it's silent. Whatever, but there's, there's ways uh, through natural medicine. I can see it externally happening. I look at the creases of people's earlobes. And uh, mm-hmm. if I see that crease, I know we got, I, I remember one time I had, a, I had an MD hated uh, natural medicine she she brought her husband in to see me mm-hmm. and before he sat down at my desk I said you have congestive heart failure just by looking at his earlobes she said how did you know that and uh, you know this is some of the, the training that we go through we pick up on these things so uh, so for people out there who may have if you go get your blood tested and you have elevated uh, homocysteine, like I said, you want to get B6, B12, and folic acid. That will reduce it immediately. Yeah, a lot of people are still, you know, thinking that it's, it's cholesterol and, and and electing to, to go on statins. But I mean, that homocysteine is is very very important. A couple of years ago, um, I was always tired, and um, I was lucky enough to bump into some people in natural medicine and they kind of got me corrected. But um, a lot of people don't take fatigue seriously. And what I realized was that that fatigue was my body's first signal to tell me, you know, that something was wrong. Not just like if I play basketball, I get tired. You know, if you play ball, you play a couple of good games, you're going to be tired. But 
that constant waking up in the morning feeling tired. A middle of the day, I used to feel tired. But talk about that the stage of disease and why we should actually take fatigue, fatigue, especially being tired all the time like I was, as something very, very serious. Oh, yeah. You know, the first two organs that I'm going to look at is the thyroid and the adrenals. And uh, our thyroids are being, I mean, totally just attacked now. Fluoride everywhere attacking the thyroid gland. People, unfortunately, are eating soy products, which attack the thyroid gland. And uh, sitting in front of the computer all day, hitting radiation coming off the screen, hitting the thyroid. So affecting metabolism. Then you got the adrenal glands being maxed out by stress, uh, of course, uh, improper diet, lack of sleep, and uh, those those two organs uh, usually the the adrenals go first, and it's the adrenals and thyroid area. You know they all connected, but when the adrenals go down, the thyroid comes right behind it, and uh, you know you got that sluggish, that midday drop which a lot of times, too, comes from what we ate in the morning. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of cereals and grains in the morning, which means pancakes and, and oatmeal and all that kind of stuff. Uh, that's just number sugar. And what that does is take you up high early morning, but by midday, you're crashing. So I like to tell everybody to start the day off with protein. And uh, that keeps you, to me, balanced throughout the day, and you don't have those those high highs with drops, because you really when you get tired, you're missing either either one or the other, protein or fats. And uh, um, I think fats probably even uh, even have a, a, a better uh, metabolism for us because um, you know, that's converted into energy right away. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and of course, now with the white coat scaring everybody about eating fat, you know, people are avoiding it. And, uh, uh, you know, fat, you, your brain is about 80, 60% fat. So, you know, your heart loves fat. I'm about the good ones, too, the real ones butter, coconut oil, olive oil. And, and, and we've been taught now to eat plastic, which is uh, margarine canola mm-hmm. uh, basically all the ones you see sitting on a shelf uh, with, with no color to them, no taste, corn oils and, and that kind of madness and so therefore we don't have good fats then of course we're trying to eat lean if we're eating meat, we're eating lean meats whatever that mm-hmm. is and uh, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, you know the whole paradigm of eating you know, we've been, we've been uh, damaged by uh Regulatory agencies pushing pyramid foods, and uh, you had the uh, movement back in the early '50s by a guy named Ansel Keys, mm-hmm. who said cholesterol and butter and all that was the cause of heart disease. Then the vegetable company, vegetable oil companies, came in and said use margarine uh, as your substitute, and, and heart disease went up 400 percent. So. Um, We've got to get back to the real foods, real fats, 
and, 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 and then for supplementing for our adrenals and thyroid to eliminate the sluggishness for the adrenals, and they need vitamin B5. One of the good sources I use is um, uh, royal jelly mixed with some bee pollen. And uh, it's outstanding. And then for the thyroid, uh, thyroid needs iodine, so we want to use mm-hmm. either black walnut or uh, with a product called Idoral, I-O-D-O-R-A-L, mm-hmm. Idoral, which is uh, potassium iodide for the use in the early 1900s to eliminate mostly any thyroid condition. They're trying to not. They're trying to take that off the market now. Um, so, so yeah, the uh, someone who's just overly tired, bent over, can't go another foot. Uh, yeah, they got some serious issues. The first start, first place you're gonna look at is diet. Right. Yeah, my diet was very poor back then. I was always the first person in Burger King, McDonald's. Taco Bell, <laughs> my my most favorite places, but uh, I've managed to turn it around. It probably thanks to my mom because if it wasn't for her, man, I don't know where I would be um, when it came to my health. She's a person that after her passing made me turn everything around. Um, my final question: I know I don't want to, I don't usually keep my guests over an hour, but um, your book talked about the link between diet and violent crime. And I remember coming across a lecture from Dr. Uh, Russell Blaylock about three or four years ago uh, in which he talked about this particular link. But um, I don't want to steal your thunder. I wanted you to kind of talk about that, uh, the link between a person's diet and the, you know, the violent crime. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, like you said uh, earlier, Diet, diet, the diet is the foundation. And so, what it was, they did a lot of studies. They found mm-hmm. out that a lot of the hardcore criminals, uh, and, and serious cats, serious murders, and uh, they, they actually interviewed them and said, you know, what did you used to eat? And them cats were saying, uh, you know, I, I basically lived off honey buns and Dunkin' Donuts and Soda pops and chemicals, you know, chemicals from the streets, street drugs, and just you know, horrible diets. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the so the body's sitting there screaming, just internally saying, "Please, just give me some type of nutrient." And then the and the hormonal thing is all messed up, and uh, and it has effect on the on the thinking, impure. Impure blood leads to impure thoughts. So, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, the, maybe the person who maybe did a crime because of the uh, uh, deficiencies, his nervous system wasn't where it was one that could be calm and cool about the situation, and it just erupted and maybe caused you know the problem. So, the crime and diet. Is, is deep. I mean, you can say you can say diet and bad behavior, diet and uh, 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 emotional outbursts, uh, uh, all are in a same web. And so, uh, uh, you know, and then then we have uh, situations where they're putting excess uh, chemicals into our food that causes these. Mm-hmm. Uh, Negative out, outcomes like MSG, 
uh, in most of your fast foods, uh, monosodium glutamate, which uh, throws off all the uh, neurons in the body, brain, short circuits things, causes all kind of problems. The the uh, pharmaceutical drugs of antidepressants, which I'm 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 I'm, I'm against psychiatry at the highest level, but because uh, all those drugs do is lower serotonin levels. Mm-hmm. Which then causes manic depression, suicide. I think there was a shooting yesterday in Texas, down near uh, Houston. Somebody went there, went to one of the locations there, just shooting up people. First thing I hear for these types of crimes is what antidepressant was this person on? Yeah, that's usually the case. You know, anything mm-hmm. I see that's bizarre type of killing, mass shootings at schools and at work coworkers and things. Uh, I automatically first thing I say is what any depressant was that person on, and I'm I'm telling you nine out of ten that's been the case. Uh, so crime and, and refined diet uh, is critical. I mean we see it in our own uh, uh, populated areas where we are, mm-hmm. other other types of ethnic races are. We see uh, you know high violent rates. And, 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 and from the stress of the economy, the poor diet leads to uh, an ignited uh, powder keg mm-hmm. that uh, has devastating uh, outcome. Yeah, I remember um, from that report or that lecture that I found uh, online that I looked at, um, they were linking like a lot of the criminals to uh, they were hypoglycemic. A lot of them, you know, their blood sugar would drop and then they would have these, right. these violent episodes. So I don't I don't think people know the effect that, that food has on them. And then uh, there was something I, a few years ago, too. I know I came across something where um, they took the probably the worst of the worst school kids. And they changed their diet to an organic diet. I want to say it was somewhere out in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. or somewhere like that. It and was changed uh, their di- Watertown, Watertown, Wisconsin. Yeah, I knew it was Wisconsin, I think. But I, they took them and just changed their diet. And these kids, like, it was a complete 360 turnaround with their with their behavior. It's just it's, it's crazy how we're not really – making this connection when uh, to food and how food is affecting uh, people's mood and uh, and affecting society with, you know, with the antidepressants and the, the things that we're, we're eating. It's, it's phenomenal to me that we haven't really made that connection. Not everyone. A lot of people are now, but not everyone has made it yet. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Now, but, where, uh, now where did you play ball at? I played at University of South Carolina. So um, really, with with Dozier? No, I came up in uh, ninety. No, I played eighty nine, ninety three. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, but um, yeah. So. That's all the questions I had for you. I didn't, you know, want to keep you over over an hour. And, um, you know, I know that the book is there's a lot of stuff in the book for the audience out there that is, is reading it. A lot of stuff about the medical establishment, some things that you may not know. And the book does a good deal of connecting the dot, connecting the dots. If you're not informed of, you know, the FDA, 
things that happened years and years ago and how they're actually playing out now. The book is really good um, about that. And I believe that they can purchase the book on Amazon. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. On Amazon or or my website. Yep. And the book is called Medicine. And your website, give us your website, Dr. Whitaker. Uh, Medicines.net, M-E-D-I-S-I-N-S.net. Okay. And do you work with clients now over, like, consultation, phone consultation or anything oh, like yeah. that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do phone consultations, follow-up. You know, we do email and anything else that we need help with. We're always in contact. So it's not yeah. a problem. Yeah, and if they want to get in contact with you through, is that information yeah, on, email. Your, on your website? Okay. Okay. Yeah, email's right there. Um Dr. Whitaker at hotmail.com, dot W-H-I-T-A-K-E-R at hotmail.com. Cool. Well, thank you for being on, man. I know you're out of the country, and I know this is early for you. People don't know that, but you were adamant about getting on live, and I really appreciate it. So thank you for being no on. No problem. No problem. All right. I come to uh, Jacksonville. We got to hook up. Jackson, I'm I'm near Miami. I'm uh, probably like thirty or oh, ten minutes from Miami. I live in Davie, so if I jump on the turnpike, I'm in Miami ten minutes. Which I was down there last night oh, visiting okay. a friend. But if you come to West Palm Beach, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, just let me know. Give me a shout, and I'll be glad to hook up with you. Okay, no problem. All right, take care, Doctor Whitaker, and thanks so much, man. All right, thank All right. you. Appreciate it. All right, appreciate it. Bye bye. All right, so good. He called in from out of the country, guys. Hope you uh, enjoyed the show. A lot of stuff is in the book. If you're really looking at making a connection, how these things kind of connect the dots, and from where it started to where we are now, it just makes perfect sense. And a lot of great health information is in there as uh, well. Um, Monday um, is a show that I had to reschedule. We are supposed to do the show, I think, back in February, but... Wires got crossed, and now we're going to do it Monday, and it's actually going to be an early show. Uh, I'm going to do the show at 10 o'clock in the morning, but it will be available for you to listen to at any time that you would like to listen to it. And the uh, doctor that's going to be on is Dr. J.D. Wallach, and his book is called Dead Doctors Don't Lie. A lot of good stuff. Gentleman started off as a veterinarian and got into being a, a naturopathic doctor, so there's a, a lot of stuff um, from his background from being a veterinarian to going in and actually working with humans, I would say, that um, is going to be very, very interesting. So I'm looking forward to that interview on Monday morning. And normally I said, see you same fat time, same fat channel, but it'll be a different time Monday and we will be um, – talking with Dr. J.D. Wallach at actually 10 o'clock in the morning, and that show will be available for you to listen to on iTunes, or you can go to Blog Talk Radio to listen to it, and I'm also available on Stitcher. And would also, if you are downloading things through iTunes, please leave a review for the show. That helps me get the show out to more people when you rate the show or leave a review. iTunes looks at it as something that people are actually looking for. And again, I want to get this information out to as many people as help as possible, get as many people as possible healthy. And then I, on next 
Monday, I said J.D. Walker, and then Wednesday, I'll be talking to Dr. Pam Riley. We'll be actually talking about essential oils. There's some things about essential oils that we um, I want to get out there because I know a lot of people are still kind of under radar when it comes to essential oils, and these things are great for helping with your uh, with your ailments. So, again, thank you for listening. Peace and love. Good night, y'all.